Recovery. We're talking about recovery from sin. One does an Avera. How does one recover? There's a process of Teshuvah. And recovery, when we've just sinned against Hashem, which is serious enough, there's a process of recovery. What about when we've sinned against another human being? The other person has to be part of that recovery. They have to recover as well. We've talked about suspicion. We've talked about how to reduce suspicion. We've talked about the problem with causing suspicion. What do we do in a case where you've actually done something against another person? And you can do tshuva, you can repent in terms of the process of repentance between man and God, but what about your relationship with the other person? And the particular case we're talking about here is theft, and theft in, a, in an unusual situation where the person from whom one stole is no longer alive, and even more complicated, the person who one defrauded is one's own father. A man defrauds his father, and we'll think of a case to make it a, a little bit more dramatic of, of major defraud. He defrauds his father of a million dollars. And then he wants to do tshuva, but his father is no longer alive. What, is, what does he do and, and how does he do it? But we're dedicating the shur in the memory of Zelda Feinblum, Liebe Zelda Basseev, whose Yorzeit was yesterday. She's the mother of Walter Feinblum. Walter is a very regular participant in the shur. He does so from Los Angeles, where he lives with his family. And, uh, and he's also an important supporter of the Mathmonian project. Zelda Feinblum came to South Africa as a little girl from Anisk in Lithuania, married a man from Anisk, lived in South Africa, raised her family in South Africa. And then she came in Aliyah to Kfar Saba when she was 70 years old. And she's buried here in Ranana. So in memory of her Yorzeit, we're, we're dedicating the Shir. And I've talked quite often about the, the value in dedicating some learning, particularly learning like this, which takes place, takes place all over the world. That when one has dedicated a, a situation of learning, such as a, a Shir, to the Nifta, to somebody who's passed away, what a schut that is. Every word each of us are learning is in merit of the person to whom the, the Shir has been dedicated. So we're going to learn ab about a very seemingly subtle difference of opinion between the Tur and Rashi, but in understanding the, the difference, we see different worldviews about this whole topic. The case is in the Mishnah on Davkafches Amudbeis at the bottom, Hagozel et Aviv v'nishba lo umet. The case is a son defrauds his father, and as we said, let's think of a big amount. A son defrauds his father of a million dollars. The father passes away. And the child wants to now do something about it. We've been learning if a person steals from, steals from anybody and is accused of having stolen, and he swears, I never did it. And then he wants to do tshuva. He has, he has charoti, he regrets it, and he now wants to do tshuva. What does he do? So we've said you've got to give back the principal, you've got to give back an extra 20%. And you've got to bring a korban asham. That's what we've been busy with for the last several daf. But here, it's his own father that is defrauded. He did take a shvua, and his father is no longer alive. What does he do now? How does he return this? What is he meant to do? It says the Mishnah, meshalem keren levanav He's got to pay. All of those payments still have to be made to the heirs. So he pays it to his brothers, who are the heirs of the deceased father. Omar Rav Yosef, afilu la'arniki shel tzedakah. Rav Yosef says in our Gemara, what if there are no heirs? What if there isn't anybody? There are no children, there's no, there are no brothers. What does he do? He gives it to, the, to tzedakah. He's got to get rid of the million dollars, he gives it to tzedakah. Omar Rav Papa, and Rav Papa says, v'tzarich shiyomar, and when he gives it to tzedakah, he has to say to the gizba, he has to say to the treasurer, 
I'm returning lost stolen property. This is money that I've stolen from my father, and I'm giving it as tzedakah. The question, is that specifically when he gives it to tzedakah, or is that even when he returns it to the brothers? Because it, the, by the flow of the Gemara, Rav Yosef says, if, you, no, if there are no brothers, there are no children, there's no heir, then you give it to tzedakah. On that, it seems to be Rav Popper is saying, and you must tell the treasurer that this is a stolen piece of stolen property. It seems to be applying to when you give it to tzedakah particularly. And, the, and Rashi actually says that. If you're returning it to tzedakah, you've got to say, this is my father, I stole this from my father. But implying if you return it to the heirs, you don't have to say anything, you just return it to the heirs, and that's good enough. The Gemara goes on to ask an interesting question. Amai, why do you have to return it to the heirs? Let him be mochel himself. Mochel means let him forgive himself. Let him forgive himself. He's an heir. So he has now inherited the right to this stolen property, which he himself stolen. He is both the thief and he is the heir. So why can't he forgive himself and say, I don't need it back? I, in my capacity as an heir, I forgive the Ganav and, and I don't need it back. Nicomorrow goes through various discussions and comes to the conclusion, Rabbi Akiva, that we, this goes like Rabbi Akiva, that Ein lo yado. Mechila doesn't work. Forgiving doesn't work when it comes to Geneva. You've got to get rid of it altogether. So those are the two pieces that we're dealing with. When he gives it to the Beit HaMikdash, does he have to, is it, he has to say, this is stole, I stole this from my father. Is that only when he gives it to the to charity? Does he have to do the same if he gives it to the heirs? And the second question is this role of Mechila, how would Mechila work? So Rashi certainly seems to be saying that this law, this din that you've got to declare that this is stolen property, applies when you give it to charity. But if you're giving it to the heirs, you don't have to do that, it would seem. The Tur doesn't learn that way. The Tur says specifically, This din of Rav Papa, that you've got to say, this is stolen, what I stole from my father, applies to no matter who you return it. Whether you're returning it to charity or you're returning it to the heirs, you have to declare this is stolen property. Because what we've got to look at over here is this declaration, which is terribly embarrassing. Imagine what that is. You've got to go to the to the, the treasurer, to your shul's treasurer, and so I'm making this donation, but it's not really my money. I stole it from my father. It's a terrible thing to have to say. Or to go to the other heirs and to, and to have to say that to the heirs, it's a terrible thing to have to say. Is this information that you have to give them, or is this an emotional part of the tshuva process? That's the real issue we've got. This din of Rafa, Omar Rav Papa, v'tzarich shiomar zeh gezel avi. This is the gezel avi, says Rav Papa. What does he mean by this? Does he mean? You've got to give information. We'll understand in a moment why. That information is important. You can't withhold that information. Or is this not about information? This is about the process of repentance, the process of recovery. How you recover. Part of the recovery is to suffer the indignity of acknowledging, uh, acknowledging what you did. If it's information, then it's possible that you only have to give the information to the treasurer of the, of the tzedakah fund that you're giving it to. But if it's part of the tshuva process, you would have to do it no matter who you're giving it to. That's part of the process. So Rashi says it's just the gizbar. The Torah says, l'chol mi shiit nena. And the Beis Yosef points out that that's against Rashi. There seems to be a machloik, it's Rashi and Tur. 
And then he wants to suggest maybe Rashi doesn't mean specifically that. Maybe Rashi means it also like the two that whoever you give it to, it applies. And therefore the Shulchan Aruch paskins, in all cases, whether you're giving it to the Gizbar, you're giving it to the treasury of a Tzedakah fund, or to the Beis Hamikdash, or you're giving it to the heirs of the deceased pe- person. In all cases, the Shulchan Aruch paskins, you've got to say this is the, the Gezel Abba. The reason we see is in the Yamshel Shloma. The Yamshel Shloma says, the Yamshel Shloma is the Marshal. So these people all lived at about the same time. The Shulchan Aruch, the Beis Yosef, that is, the Marshal, all lived in the same period of time, at the end of the period of the Rishonim. Says the Yamshel Shloma, and only when you say this was stolen property, are you fulfilling a proper din of hashava? Because the word of hashava doesn't just mean returning lost property. Hashava also means returning yourself, doing tshuva yourself. Shuv, you're also doing tshuva. So just returning the property is not enough. You've also got to bring yourself back. And you bring yourself back by suffering the indignity of acknowledging this is vidui. You're acknowledging this is confession. And you're saying this is what I did. And Marshal learns like the two, not like Rashi. How much more so if you're giving it to the brothers, you've got to say this is the this is posak and that's how the two paskins. So why does Rav Popper seem to bring this, and why does the Gemara bring Rav Popper's din on Sudoka specifically? We first have the din of Rav Yosef, Afilu la and on that, Rav Papa says, and you've got to say it's Shalabat, which brings Rashi to say, it's only when you give it as Tzedakah, not when you give it to the, to the others. Ask the Mashal, no, I'd say it applies in all cases, like the Tur. So why does the Gemara say about Tzedakah? Because the Ravusa Kamashman tells us a Chidush, You're giving the money to Hashem. Hashem knows exactly where it comes from. Why do you have to give it? You might think it's information. If it's information, then you would have to give the information if you're returning it to human beings like the heirs. But if you're returning it to the Beit HaMikdash or you're giving it to charity, Hashem knows exactly where it comes from. You don't have to give Hashem the information. And it's none of the business of the Gizbar. It's none of the business of the treasurer. So I might think you don't have to say it. You've got to say it. Why? The Amshul Shlomo says in the next chapter, This is part of Vidui. This is part of the process. You've got to say it. This is not information. If it was information, you could say, God knows where it comes from. I don't have to tell him. This isn't information. This is for you. This is not for the other person. This is part of Tshuva. And it's true that normally we do Vidui Privately, it's not like the Catholics where we go and we, and we do confession to a priest. Vidu is something you do in private. That's if it's Ben Adam Makom. But if it's Ben Adam Lechavero, if it's an interpersonal transgression, you've hurt another person, you've got to confess it to the other person. You can't come here if you keep it like lots of people do and say, you know, if I've done anything to, to harm you over there, please forgive me. That's not a confession. What did you do? Confess. Say, tell me, what did you do? If you didn't do anything, what are you coming to me for? If you're aware that you did something, tell me what it was. It's painful to tell me what it was, but that's the process of teshuva. Otherwise, it isn't teshuva. Kind of a private confession when it's a public avera. And here, the man defrauded his father. 
Certainly he has to do tshuva, which includes vidui to the one who's been hurt. And in the case of the Beis Hamikdash, you're giving it to charity, the father's no longer alive. How, do you, how are you mekayim? How do you fulfill that process of indignity, the indignity of confession to another human being? How do you fulfill that? It's all very well, you can do vidui to yourself, but this is ben odom lechavero, and the chaver is no longer alive. So the gizbarat docker, the treasurer, stands in the place as a public official in place of the person you stole from, and you acknowledge to that person, to the gizba, and you go through, in that way, you go through the process of, of teshuvah. What does Rashi say? If it's a brothers, you don't have to, to tell them. It's only at the gizba that you have to tell. Why? Why would you have to tell the gizba? Could you imagine what happens? The man comes to the Beis Hamikdash and he says, I have a donation of a million dollars for the Beis Hamikdash. The Gizba says, that's fantastic. We were just, the menorah is looking a little bit shoddy. We want to make a new menorah. So we'll make a new menorah and we'll put a plaque there. This menorah was donated by so-and-so. But the money is stolen. It wasn't even his money. If you're giving a donation, it's important to know that this isn't, this isn't mine. I'm giving somebody else's money. So it says Rashi, if it's just between people, this is just about information. This is not about the process of teshuva. Rashi believes that you don't need to do vidui physically to, to the other person. In this case, if the other person's not alive, if the person's alive, maybe, but not if the other person isn't alive, it's not necessary. You just have to get rid of the gazela. If the gazela is no longer in your hands, then, then you've done your bit. It's just in the case of the Beis Amikdash so that you don't get tovat you don't get the benefit of something you didn't do, that you have to give that, that information. What brings Rashi to this different opinion is the last Rashi that I bring on the source sheet, Rabbi Akiva Loshna, Rashi says something interesting. He's explaining the law of Rabbi Akiva that in this case, mechila doesn't work. Now, the way we've understood it this far is that it doesn't help to do mechila. Mechila means forgiving. It doesn't help that the ganav, that, that the nigzal, the person from whom it was stolen, forgives me because I've still got to do tshuva. So it, it can't get me out of the need to do tshuva. And part of the tshuva is returning the object until I've returned the object. Until I've done hashava, I cannot do teshuva. So it doesn't help. You being mechil me, that's... That's fine, but I've still got to do hashava, and part of the hashava is acknowledgement. But Rashi says an interesting thing: Rashi says even if the person who was stolen from does mechila, he forgives. Love mechila, it's not a forgiveness; it doesn't work. So that's a complete different worldview from the Torah, as explained by the Marshal and Rashi. The Torah and the Marshal hold that it, it would be a good mechila. The problem is not technical. The problem is not that mechila doesn't work. The problem is that mechila is not sufficient. You forgave me, that's fine, but I've still got to go through the process. You can't short-circuit the process. If a person has to develop, so its development can't be short-circuited. If you're going to develop yourself, it takes time. It takes effort. It takes pain. When you're going to develop your muscles physically, it takes time, it takes effort, it takes pain. If you're going to develop your spiritual muscles and your character, it takes time, it takes effort, and it takes pain. Not just say, Mechila, turn on the switch, oh, you forgave me, good, it's fine, it's done. No, there's still tshuva to be done. And part of the tshuva is returning the lost property. And part of returning the lost property is acknowledging, doing video when I return the lost property. That's all the process. Can't short-circuit it. Rashi seems to be saying, well, technically, if you could do Mechila, it would short-circuit it. You don't have to go through that whole process. Once the object is no longer in your possession, there's no more tshuva to do. You, you fixed the wrong. 
you've repaired the implications of what you did wrong. The repair is sufficient recovery. It's just that Mechila doesn't work. Why doesn't Mechila work? Because Gezel is a Ben Adam Lemokum as well as a Ben Adam Lechavera. Theft is both an interpersonal transgression and a transgression against God. A person can, can forgive an interpersonal transgression, but you can't forgive a transgression as a hate which is Ben Adam Lemokum. Who are you to forgive, to forgive me? You can forgive me that I don't have to pay the money to you, but I've still sinned against Hashem. And you can't forgive that. So the Mechila doesn't work by Gezel. Because Leitigzol is a Nisidor Isa, it's, it's something that's forbidden in the Torah. So you can't give me, says Rashi, you, the, the problem is just technical. Um, a human being cannot be Mochel Geneva. A human being cannot forgive theft. He can forgive one aspect of theft, but he can't forgive the whole thing. And therefore, you still have to return the lost property because you've still got to, you, you've got to go through the process. According to the Mashal, it's not that Mechila technically doesn't work. It's that Mechila would deprive me. Mechila would work, so I'm no longer, I haven't done the Avera, but I haven't gone through the process of repair and recovery that that, that, that needs. And that's something that we, uh, that we need to appreciate in, in, in the various things that we do wrong during the year. That there are things we do wrong as Be'enodem Lemokum, those are the easiest to fix. Be'enodem Lemokum, we know how to do tshuva. We sin against God, we know how to recover. Ben Adam Lechavera is a little bit more embarrassing because you've also got to go to the other person. You've got to fix what you've done wrong to them. But many things are both a Ben Adam Lemokum and a Ben Adam Lechavera. And one cannot escape, if it includes a Ben Adam Lechavera, if it includes an interpersonal element, you cannot escape the shame of having to face the other person and confess that shame is part of the correction. That will help you never do it again because after you've done that, you will say to yourself, I never want to have to do that again. You will never say to yourself, I never want to steal again. I never want to talk to Lashon Hora again. Why not? You did it once. Why not do it again? But if you've suffered the embarrassment of, of confession to your friend, that you're going to say to yourself, I never want to be in that situation again. And before you do it next time, you'll think of what the implications are. It's going to mean I'm going to have to confront that person. Better, better I don't do that. And for that, if, if, if one understands the nature of a Ben Odom Lechavira as being both a Ben Odom Lechavira and a Ben Odom Lemachim, that will help us watch ourselves, guard ourselves, protect ourselves from doing anything wrong, whether against God or against our fellow human beings.